This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you in these troubling times. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you and thank you for joining us as we talk about the issues of course, that are affecting our nation right now, and they are dr- dramatic and in many cases um, you know, not very good. Um, so anyway, we're here to, to share what we know and to give our opinions on it, and um, we're pleased that you're joining us today. I have two great guests. I'll introduce them in just a moment. First of all, of course, I want to let you know that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christners and the community leaders and businessmen and elected officials that you hear on Businessmen and Women, that you hear on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, are presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Generous servings of prime cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. They're located 729 Lee Road, that's just two blocks west of I-4 on Lee Road in Orlando. Later in our program, we'll hear from former state representative and former Orange County Commissioner Fred Brummer and uh, talk to him about the issues that are taking place today and also uh, several of the major issues that he that were priorities for Fred Brummer during both his service in the state legislature and on the Orange County Commission are still um, at the forefront today and we'll get his uh, you know, take on what's happening and how he influenced um, uh, the direction of those specific issues. Um. But right now, but one, and before we go to our next, before I introduce our guests for, for right now is one of those issues is the First Amendment freedoms. You know, Fred was a well-known advocate for First Amendment freedoms and liberties. He actually was awarded by the First Amendment um, Foundation at one point, which have received a very prestigious award. So we'll get his thoughts on, um, you know, and insights as we are now seeing our First Amendment rights uh, come under severe attack um, from, uh, you know, on the national level as well as others as well and from private industry, uh, big tech, et cetera. But right now, we are pleased to be joined by a young man who's on the front lines, literal front lines, fighting for freedom in the Florida legislature and other places as well, and that's Representative Anthony Sabatini. Hello, Representative Sabatini, thank you for joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. Thank you, Roger. Happy New Year. Appreciate you having me on. Happy New Year, too. And let me once again commend you. You're already in this new year out there battling, and you've already had quite a few accomplishments uh, since January the 1st in, in you know, pushing back against the forces of tyranny and also uh, you know, advocating for our, our constitutional freedoms. And, and I certainly appreciate it, and I know our listeners do. Um, I'll ask you an open-ended question to get things started. Can you share with us what is your major priority at this moment? What are the things that you're involved in at this moment during these uh, turbulent times in the post um, times after uh, post 2020 election? 
Well, thank you for the question, and thanks again for having me on. There's a lot of issues, so it's difficult to choose one, but if I had to choose, I'd have to go with social media censorship issues because what's happening right now is now that it seems that uh, the Democrats have the upper hand in politics right now, they're doing everything they can in their alliance with social media companies to deplatform and destroy any venue that conservatives have to uh, express themselves, to organize, to get politically active, and they're trying to hack those things down. Uh, I myself lost 10,000-plus followers on Twitter just through the purges, the purging of various people's accounts that uh, Twitter had commenced in. And so that's going to be the big issue for me right now. I have to put that as number one. I have a bill called the Stop Social Media Censorship Act, which would require these gigantic companies who have 7,500 million, uh, 75 million uh, viewers or more, users or more, to not censor based on political and religious speech. So I'd put that as number one. And then we have about three or four really important other bills that we're working on. A lot of Second Amendment related stuff to broaden our Second Amendment rights. Um, a red tape, red tape Reduction Act that would cut down the amount of administrative regulations that guide us in Florida, the sort of laws that nobody ever voted on, but state agencies create, which is terrible. And then one of my other personal favorites, which is a bill that would stop what we call taxpayer-funded lobbying. So every single year in Florida, cities and counties, governments, local governments, spend $32 million a year total each year of taxpayer money trying to lobby the state and local government to create more government. So it's government taking your money to lobby government to make more government through lobbying for more tax increases, more regulations, or, if anything, at least defeating bills that reduce government and protect freedom. And so we have to stop that. I have a bill that would stop taxpayer-funded lobbying. We appreciate your efforts, and I admire your energy and your passion and your talent for – for pushing back and, and for successfully advocating for our constitutional freedoms. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us. Right now our guest is Representative Anthony Sabatini. He represents a big part of Lake County in the Florida legislature. Um, no, I'd like, and I, I, I definitely appreciate your efforts on the social media censorship because this is one of the most disconcerting and disheartening developments in a sea of disheartening, disheartening developments over the past three to four months or so that I've seen in that, you know, our First Amendment, our constitutional First Amendment was in, was created to, you know, basically prevent this exact same thing that's happening, you know, and, and, and what, from my perspective, what we are seeing is, is, um, a media, um, and I'm talking specifically about the social media, big tech right now, um, but as we're, I, I could be talking about the mainstream media as well, the old school mainstream media, um, that, that functions essentially the way that the media functions in a communist or totalitarian country. And that just wasn't supposed to happen in America. Can you, can you talk about how, how we, how we got here? Because, you know, usually the, you know, what we think, um, is, is a government control press. Is a bad thing, you know, and they're going to, you know, obviously control their own message when government has that kind of power. But I mean, I think a lot of us thought if you if you've got a quote unquote free press, what we're seeing now would never uh, never have happened. So, can you share your thoughts there? Sure. All we have is a new type of issue that's emerged because of the advancement of technology and interconnectedness, usually through social media, but technology as a whole. 
And what it's done is it's allowed gigantic mega corporations like Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook to basically control what's allowed to be discussed in public space because we live in a society where there's far, far, far less physical gatherings and physical comings together, uh, especially now with COVID, but even before this last year. Um, what's happened is the, the, the new marketplace of ideas, the new town square, are digital platforms. And so what's happened is these giant companies, which have a very, very far less liberal globalist bent, are trying to basically knock down and prevent conservatives from doing it. So they, they're almost like proxy governments. That's what they are. They're proxy government, but they're non-state actors. They're giant corporations that have taken the place of government and basically opening uh, and closing down free speech. And so we need to start treating some of these mega, mega corporations similar to as if they were government entities because they behave and, and show the power that government entities traditionally have had in the 20th and 19th centuries. So it's time for conservatives to sort of take a different look at what we consider authority, right? As conservatives, we've always been for freedom and against overbearing authority, but the truth is big Big, gov- big business is sometimes more authoritarian than big government. So we have to start to think about uh, those guys in that way. We've got about three minutes before we go to break, and I just want to you know, share this thought quickly with you. You know, And I'm no, by no means an expert on this era, but you know, I, I see some parallels between the trust busting back during the Theodore Roosevelt era. You know, and, and that was an issue that we learned about in school. And, um, you know, I've always kind of seen both sides of that issue um, where, you know, government stepped in. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt's largely credited with being a catalyst and, and, and quote unquote, busted up these huge monopolies in the oil industry and, 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 and others as well. I, I, I kind of see some parallels with what might need to happen with big tech right now. What, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think there is a nice parallel there. There's one important difference, but I'll start with the parallel. The parallel is, similar because um, you have giant corporations that basically are immune to markets. They're immune to individual choice. They hit, they hit critical mass and they dictate the price and sale of goods and the operation of the marketplace as a whole. And that's why they had to be busted up. Almost nobody disagrees that they should have been busted up. But what's different in this case, which makes today's situation far, far, far more pernicious, is that Standard Oil and those types of companies back then, yeah, they were dictating a bad price of goods and uh, hurting the market and some employment situations and probably not paying enough in taxes. But that that matters far less than the infringement of constitutional rights and traditional freedoms that we think about uh, associated with being an American, such as the freedom of speech. And what these new companies have done is try to censor and destroy, manipulate political freedom, political associations. They facilitated, made it easier to do things like doxing and cancel culture and furthering political correctness and they've tried to destroy freedom of association freedom of speech and so that's what makes i think these companies actually far worse actors than the big mega barons of industry that we saw in the 1910s and 20s and all the way back to the 1880s very insightful and i've got one question to follow up when we come back from our break but we're going to go to break in just a few seconds. Friends, you're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Our guest right now is Representative Anthony Sabatini, and he represents a big part of Lake County in the Florida legislature. He's one of the leading voices for freedom and constitutional liberties in not just in Florida, but in America. We'll be um, 
right back. Before we come to the break, I, of course, want to remind you that you know all about Florida Door Solutions. And, of course, that uh, if you have garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. But, but what I want to know about Florida Door Solutions right now is that they support not only our program, but all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and freedom. So if you have garage door problems, be sure you remember Florida Door Solutions has your solution, and you can find them at fladoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my tale. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Turbulent times we're living in, freedom under attack like we've never seen it, literally on a daily basis. We are talking to a young man who's on the forefront of pushing back against that and advocating aggressively to maintain and preserve our constitutional liberties. He's Representative Anthony Sabatini. He's a state representative. He just got reelected in a landslide reelection um, to serve, continue to serve. He represents large parts of Lake County in the Florida legislature. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to make, shift gears just a little. Um, and there's so much I want to, want to, you know, get insights from you on, but this is more of a political question um and i and i you know i i you know obviously i follow you on facebook and and twitter and you know i'd like to get your thoughts on the impeachment uh uh so-called impeachment um most recent one by the democrats in congress but also specifically and i have a more specific question too you know one of the uh, very disconcerting things that we witness um certainly it's, it's happened throughout the trump administration pretty much from day one but are the number of so-called Republicans, you know, and, you know, they're generally speaking, they're the establishment Republican types, but there's a whole movement. They've got a whole little movement called the Never, you know, the Never Trumpers. Um, you know, and, and we see some of those in Washington, um, you know, not so much in elected positions, you know, but in terms of, uh, you know, just the, the, the swamp type positions, you know, consultants, um, you know, you know, former, uh, government officials, things like that, former cabinet officials. Um, uh, and, and the question is, is that a phenomenon that that we have here in, the, in that you observe in the state legislature? Or can, can you share the, the what, what is the uh, the makeup, if you will, of the of the quote unquote Republicans um, in, you know, in, in leadership in the state of Florida? And, and is it similar to Washington or is it different? Well, to an extent, it's very similar. Um, it's very similar because what you have basically is a major decision. I always tell people, when you uh, conservatives, there's two metrics to being a conservative or a patriot or MAGA or just a freedom-loving, America-first elected official, you know, whatever title you want to use. But there's basically two considerations that that person to be measured by. First is, how conservative are they? Where are they on the issues? They understand freedom basic principles of freedom and liberty or in rule of law or they do not um that's the that's the first one that's the one everyone always focuses on 
And thankfully, I'm at the top of that list. Club for Growth, a lot of these people score me as the most elected, most conservative elected official in the legislature, but only by a few points. The, the second metric is far more important to me, and that's the one that says, okay, you have the right principles, but how hard are you willing to fight for them? How vocal are you willing to be? What risks are you willing to take? Are you willing to be despised by uh, the left or even some of your own colleagues to advance some of these principles? It's fine that you have these principles, but what are you going to do with them? Are you just meekly guarding them, or you know, is campaign season you're talking about them, or are you actually doing something to advance them in other ways? And that other, that second metric, like I said, is far more important. That's the one that most elected officials fail miserably on, uh, really, really, really badly on. That's the, that's the difference between, if you look at the voting record, Ted Cruz is only a little bit more conservative than Mitt Romney, if you actually look at just the votes. But the difference between them is courage and, you know, partly ambition, but at the end of the day, firm belief in, in a certain type of doing government and belief in what government should look like. And the other person is a coward. Mitt Romney's a coward. So that other metric is the do or die. So that's if you look at it that way, not just Tallahassee or D.C. or even local government, what you have is a lot of people who might be good on one metric or one score in terms of their principles, but don't they just completely lack courage. They lack uh, they lack gusto, I guess you could say. They lack cojones. And that that's that's where I think Tallahassee is very similar to to what you described. And yeah, it's a problem because you have people that run as super conservatives and they get up there and they're not filing conservative bills. They're not fighting or trying to shape the conversation in a, in a, in a, in a more conservative manner. Um, and it's just, you know, they're not willing to, and the, and the left is the opposite. Not only are they, most of them very, very liberal, they're most a very healthy amount of them are willing to fight and protest and do whatever it can to, to advance the agenda. That's why the left agenda was moving even under Donald Trump because they're just relentless people. Great insights. Friends, we're speaking with Representative Anthony Sabatini. He's a, a rising voice for conservatism and freedom and liberty, a much-needed one, and he's from right here in Central Florida. He represents a large part of Lake County in the Florida legislature, and I'm pleased to let you know, as you, most of you already know, he was overwhelmingly reelected in a landslide election most recently in November. Now, I, I remember that question I wanted to follow up with on the big tech, and you know, one of the things that's so disconcerting is is how monolithic the left wingism is among the big tech tech giants. Once again, I think theoretically, we kind of always assumed in a so called you know in a free society, you wouldn't have this kind of monolithic groupthink uh, from major influential you know, organizations. And, and there's nothing you know, much that's ever been historically in history much more influential than, than big tech is right now. You know, and some people, and I'm talking, you know, obviously spe- specifically we've seen Parler just flat out removed, uh, you know, pushed right off the off the face of, 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 the, of cyberspace um, for, for one example. But some people say, well, we need to create our own. But is that even possible or feasible? Yeah, no, it is. It is. And, you know, it's a problem. We need to fix the ability for these companies to censor uh, uh, companies like uh, like they like they have done. But at the same time, it is just a it's just going to be a short period of time before a conservative outlet does arise. Once again, it's been the failure, I think, of some of our national Republican leadership not to try to get this thing created and moving ahead of time instead of just relying on 
Facebook and Twitter. And this has been a major battle within the Trump administration. You had people like Matt Gates and Josh Hawley in the Congress who were saying from day one that big tech's abusive farla practices are going to end up being an existential threat to the public space. And you had these sort of older, I would say, they use these conveniently hardline libertarian arguments to say, oh, no, that's a business. You're not allowed to. We're Republicans. We don't believe in business regulation. Let the free market decide. So even though it's going to completely destroy the country and destroy any kind of semblance of a Republican Party, they're fine with that because it's convenient. In truth, in truth, it was because they adopted those arguments because they were being basically paid off. Tallahassee had uh, Facebook had hired some really serious lobbyists along with Twitter, both at the state and federal level in the last couple of years. And uh, that's where those arguments came from. But long story short, they were having the argument while uh, Twitter was just ready to move and they waited too long. And, and now they've deplatformed all these companies. So we have a waiting period before I think the right technological apparatus emerges that allows conservatives to gather and uh, do what they uh, do what they do best, which is, you know, mobilize. But it's going to be a while. Well, at least, at least a little encouragement there, certainly. Um, and I, I do want to shift gears again, and we've got about three and a half minutes. And once again, it's great to have you joining, joining us and sharing your wisdom with us and um, really appreciate it, especially now. Um, but and I realize you're in the legislature. You're here in the state legislature in Florida. You're not in Washington. You're not in Congress. But but you're also a very astute observer and analyst. Can where do you see this impeachment uh, charade going? I mean, do you think what I guess? And Jay Seculo has been doing a phenomenal job, better than anybody else I know of, um, and really just um, uh, comment, giving great insight into this from a legal perspective and from a you know constitutional perspective. Um, but uh, do you see a, a trial happening uh, before President Trump leaves office? They're squeezing that in. Or do you see the, the Democrats bringing this back after Biden is, is uh, you know, put, uh, inaugurated and in an office? Well, that's a good question. I don't think anybody has 100 percent of what the answer is going to look like. But I do know one thing. It seems really clear the trial won't happen before the 20th. Because McConnell's already said so, and he's still in charge until that point in time. So that what that does is it puts the Democrats in a really awkward position. Basically, they have to try to use the time they have to start pushing all the big Biden, big-ticket items, the bailouts and all the different kind of liberal nonsense they're going to be pushing through. But at the same time, have a trial that they know is going to fail because they only have 50 senators They'll probably get at most two or three Republican senators, maybe four Republican senators, the vote to remove uh, that to remove Donald Trump from office, which the, it's arguable if they're even legal to do since he's out of office already. <laughs> but uh, long story short, that would put them at a 54. They need, I believe, 65 or 66. Uh, and is it two thirds or is it 60? I think it's two thirds. That yeah, it's two thirds. So they need 66. So, they know for a fact they're going to fall way, way, way short. And uh, because the subject of the impeachment isn't anything that they're juicy that they really want to just expose and attack Donald Trump on, but instead it's just about the so-called insurrection, which it wasn't. It was just a bunch of goofballs that went into the building. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump or anybody planning anything. Um, it, it, it would be a huge waste of their time and a distraction. So my guess is that Biden signals to them that he just wants them to skip it and they just don't even they just don't even do it if they do it it's, it's actually good for us 
because what it does is it slows down and interrupts the inevitable amount of uh, liberal bills that they're going to pass. They have the time and they have the majorities to pass whatever they want, gun control types of stuff, which is out of control. But um, if they're wasting it on an impeachment trial that is irrelevant, that's a good thing for us. Great insights and, uh, and an, uh, an op- optimistic ray of hope as well, and a, um, a legitimate one. Well, yeah, Representative Stampatini, thank you for joining us. Um, really appreciate you joining us on short notice today, and we look forward to having you back again soon. In the meantime, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the great work that you do on a daily basis to preserve our freedoms. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Roger. Have a good year. Look forward to getting back on very soon. Take care. Friends, Representative Anthony Sabatini, I encourage you, strongly encourage you to follow him on Facebook and Twitter, I guess, while those opportunities are, are still exist. Um, but if, if he continues to battle like he is, they, they will, will continue to exist, um, as well as others. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we look forward to being joined by former state representative and former Orange County Commissioner and, of course, community leader Fred Brummer on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is my Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Well, friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you in these trying times. And we are talking about the issues of the day, specifically you know, the uh, attacks and the assaults on our constitutional freedoms that are seemingly coming uh, uh, literally every in waves every single day. It's great to speak with Representative Anthony Sabatini. And, of course, as we know, he's on the forefront of pushing back and um, counterattacking, if you will, to preserve our constitutional liberties. We had great insights, and it was great to have him share about his specific efforts, uh, legislative efforts, to make sure that, um, you know, censorship does not continue to happen on on big tech uh, social media, among many other things. In a moment, we're going to be joined by an old friend and a longtime contributor to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, former Representative Fred Brummer and former Orange County Commissioner Fred Brummer. We'll get caught up with Fred on things that he's doing now, which, of course, he's, as you know, he's always worked uh, diligently to serve the community in a variety of different ways in community service ways ways as well. But some of the issues at which he was at at the forefront during his time in both the legislature and on the county commission are now hot button issues even today. And we're going to get his insights and his thoughts on those issues as well. First and foremost is our first amendment freedoms. But before we do, I want to of course remind you that our program is supported by the our friends up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. I'll let you know that Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair is your one-stop headquarters for all your lawn and garden needs, as well as the perfect place for maintenance and repair. They carry only the best brands in the power equipment and lawnmower industry, and they are there to serve you um, with a smile and with great prices and great service. So get up when to see Mike and Kyle and Thor and all the great guys at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. They're located at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's 
Highway 441, north of Apopka, on the north side of Apopka, between the 429 and Plymouth Serena Road. Please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go to representative, former representative, former county commissioner, Fred Brummer. Roger, it's always a pleasure uh, to be here, and it's always an honor to, to get a chance to speak to, to you. And you're absolutely correct that the threats today on, on our ability to speak, our ability to, to, to say things that we believe to be correct and true are you know, continually under threat from, the, from those on the left. The woke community is just horrific. Completely out of control, and as I, as I was sharing with Representative Anthony Sabatini, uh, the things that we've been witnessing over the last few days, I never thought I would see in America. In fact, it's completely consistent, the shutting down of dissident voices, the shutting down uh, just of, of quote-unquote, of conservatives because of their uh, their thoughts and, and, and their speech and their ideology, um, removing them off a platform such as Parler was removed. Th- that, those kinds of tactics are consistent with totalitarian uh, uh, societies, communist societies, not fascist societies, not the United States of America. Absolutely. But, you know, but we've been on this downward slide, not just for a few weeks or a few months, but I will tell you, it has been this way since the early 60s, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, it's we are now in the snowball situation coming downhill. Snowball's getting bigger and bigger and the threat is larger and larger and it is more and more dreadful. Now, I'd like to talk to you specifically um, about you know, your efforts to preserve our First Amendment rights when you were um, you know, serving in the legislature. And you were, you were recognized um, you know, for those efforts in, in some very dramatic ways and, and, uh, and, and um, you know, influential ways. Um, can you talk about um, some of the things you did and, and, and some of the things that you were recognized for doing to preserve our, our First Amendment freedoms? Well, yeah. That's kind of you to bring that up, Roger. And it's certainly, uh, to me, the the signal honor that I earned while serving in, in public service. Uh, the First Amendment Foundation, Florida First Amendment Foundation, gave me the Pete Weitzel Friend of the First Amendment Award for, for the year 2002. Now, you're, uh, what the situation was, was uh, the attack in... Uh, um, September 11th, we, the following January or February, March was the, the session after that attack. And, and Florida has a excellent, excellent public records history, public records requirement in the Constitution, public records law. But it was clear after 2001, the attack from 2001, that, that there had to be some rectification of that particular item. Uh, and I was chair of the State Administration Committee for the 2000, uh, 2000, 2001-2002 session. And that was my responsibility, to, to carry out those changes to our public records law that would protect privacy of individuals, but maintain public records and the ability to speak out and the ability to have access to what the government was doing. War story, if you, if, if you, if you don't mind. We, we did 29 bills that session to protect First Amendment, protect public records, to protect <clears throat> privacy. The signal bill that is carrying in it the 
protection of your Social Security number from public records has not been heard by the Florida Senate. We've passed it, sponsored my bill. We're maybe Wednesday last section, last week of session, maybe it was Thursday. I go to my staff director, Dr. Marlene Ahern, and I said to her, I said, the Senate hasn't taken it. It's not on the agenda to come up. And she says, it's not been heard over there. She says, but you can rescue this. You need to go over and talk to Senator so-and-so and explain to him that the Senate president will want this bill to be taken up. There is a waiver that allows the Senate to hear the, a proposal for a bill that's not been heard in committee has to get a, a unanimous vote to be heard. It could be taken up. So I trot over to the Senate. I go to the senator's office. I speak to the senator's aide. And I said to him, this bill, I think, will be very important to the senator, Senate president. Explain to him what's in it that the Senate president would be interested. I said, but it hasn't been taken up by a committee in the Senate. He says to me exactly the same thing my staff director says. Well, the senator can have this brought up if he gets a, a, 30, a, a, a you know, unanimous vote to hear the bill. It can be heard on the floor. So it could still be rescued. So he takes me into the Senate chamber through the back door to see his boss. He steps away. I'm talking to his boss. And I explain to the boss, this bill, the Senate president would like, you know, well, you know, we need, you know, can you get this? There's, there's nothing I can do. What? So I go through the litany of, of things again. There's nothing I can do. I'm morose. I go back to my office. I explain to my staff director what has happened. And and I just, you know, I didn't know which way to turn, what to do. Here it is. Of all 29 bills that we need to get implemented, and this one is protecting your Social Security number, taking your Social Security number out of public record in the state of Florida. Okay? And I explained to my staff director, and and I said, I don't know, you know, Next day, my staff director comes in to me. She says, Dr. Marlene her, and she says, Senate just took up the bill. They voted 39 to nothing to hear it. They voted 39 to nothing in favor of the bill, and it has now gone on to the governor for his signature. And I'm stunned. And obviously I'm overjoyed because, you know, I didn't... Yeah, I was morose from yesterday. And all of a sudden it dawned on me what had happened. Dr. Ahern herself had gone across the hall to the Senate president's aide, gone over the the staff analysis in the bill, which referenced something and, and showed the Senate president's aide this was the particular item in which the Senate president would be interested. 39 to nothing to hear it. 39 to nothing goes on to the, goes on to the uh, uh, governor. But the result, you know, was your Social Security number, my Social Security number, everybody's Social Security number was taken out of the public record as a result of that bill. 
And the other 28 bills were I, we treated the public records so genuinely, so so importantly that we were able to make the changes to public records law. And I was acknowledged by the First Amendment Foundation for that with the Pete Weitzel Friend of the First Amendment Award, which, you know, kind of it, it put me in, 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 in company with uh, Senate President Jim Scott, Senate President Tony Jennings. So, of course, she won it twice, you know, so I'm not I'm not. Uh, Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court, Gerald Kogan. You know, and so, you know, a, a, a little bitty Florida House member like myself now gets to be acknowledged with the big dogs. And that 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 really, really uh, was um, to me uh, just an honor, which, you know, that that came about a couple a month or so after the session was over. The, and I was about yeah, great insights in the kind of the, the, the behind the scenes that's right that's why i related works. it that's that's what's and, that's and the it, way it works sometimes it uh and takes a lot of work on something that shouldn't shouldn't take a lot of work that's but, right uh, you figure out how to do it and make it happen and um and, and, and every uh, every literally every florida citizens indebted to you and one thing i thought about uh when as you were talking you said 2002 you know the 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 whole Identity theft issue wasn't even a thing at that That's time. Right. So you imagine, you, you imagine if we hadn't heard millions of uh, of Floridians from identity theft. Yeah. L- literally, no that's the pragmatic resu- pragmatic result of, of legislation. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Fred Bremer. Please stay with us. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you during these turbulent times. And we're talking about um, the turbulent times, the threats to our freedom, and what we can do to um, to preserve them. It was great to speak with Representative Anthony Sabatini earlier. I hope you heard the conversation with him, and he is doing great work fighting for freedom. And, um, of course, he's now a regular contributor to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, keeping us up to date um, on his efforts. And I would say he's one of the leading advocates for freedom, preserving our constitutional liberties, not just in Florida but in the United States. Of course, as we know, just a few months ago, before the elections, he was – one of the leading advocates for you know pushing back against the lockdowns, uh, specifically uh, unconstitutional lockdowns and preserving our freedom in that way. Now he's working to preserve our First Amendment freedoms, uh, specifically from uh, being silenced by big tech, social media. But right now we're speaking with former state representative, former Orange County Commissioner Fred Brummer, and he's just shared with the other other ways that during his time he proactively helped to preserve our First Amendment freedoms during his time in the legislature. But and before we go back to, to Fred Brummer, of course, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and let you know that if you are looking for a place that'll care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle you might own, with old school elegance, uh, old school uh, excellence. Um, and dependability and integrity, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. 
No job is too big or small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. I've been taking it there for 20 years. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Get over and see them, and please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you when you do. I want to give a shout-out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic and let you know that they have now once again been voted best chiropractor. So when you're in pain, go to see Dr. St. Germain. It's Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic. Now let's go back to former county commissioner, former state representative, community leader, Fred Brummer. And, you know, Fred, you just talked about the great work you did uh, to help preserve our First Amendment liberties and freedoms, specifically keeping everybody's uh, social security number from being posted online in the state of Florida. And it took a, a lot of work and a lot of ingenuity on your part to do that. Um, and that's just the way sometimes it, it, things are in life and especially in government. But another issue that was that, that's still at the forefront that you were instrumental in uh, and was a priority of yours, you did a lot of, a lot of hard work on, was the Weekhiba Parkway. And can you uh, bring us up to date on that, and, and, and how has is, how is that developed since the time that you were working on it? Well, you know, that was, that was one of the most challenging issues that I ever addressed because when you look back today, uh, the other day I was on General Electric Road. You're familiar with General Electric Road in Plymouth. And uh, Imperial Builders had built a, uh, their new facility there 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And I drove past that I was driving down, and there is a huge Goya foods plant that has been built there that I didn't know was coming in. But that is a result, I believe, a direct result of the creation of the Wakiva Parkway. I served on the first uh, the first committee that uh, Governor Bush put together uh, for the creation of the Wakiva Parkway, and I served on the second. I was the House sponsor. The issue, the challenge there was the governor made a chair of a a Florida senator who is just absolutely positively under the thumb of the environmental community and and drastic. And he put on that committee one of the biggest prostitutes in the uh, political prostitutes in the Florida uh, environmental community. Uh, And... I was never able to head off the land use restrictions that were created in that bill. So when we got down to the vote, when we got down to the vote, I had to make the choice. Do I go ahead and uh, accept those impositions and get a road built or do I overturn the entire process? Okay, and and not get a road. Well, irrespective of of what I believe to be the better thing to do, I had I had to make the choice to get the parkway done, and so I went ahead, took up the bill as presented by the uh, by that committee that uh, that I sat on, and uh, <laughs> I always kid about this. This is that bill passed in two thousand and four, and. I wrote in in the my weekly column in the Apopka Chief that people would be driving on that road in 2011. Uh, you know, it's it's now 
2021, and it's not going to be ready for at least another year. But the the business development that came directly from that that bill is huge. And and the reason that I I stuck with it is because I believe that people should be able to work where they live. These hour hour and a half commutes across two county lines and things like that are dreadful for Florida's families. The Wakiva Parkway, as I said, I went down General Electric Road and there's this huge, huge, you know, uh, food plant. Uh, you, you take a look at what's going on with the Minute Maid situation. Coca-Cola Coal Point Logistics the development, you know, they've redeveloped their site. They're, in other words, they're, you know, they're not moving anywhere now. They're, they're, they're expanding. They're, they're improving their operation. And we see all types of businesses settling in that northwest Orange County area to bring jobs so folks can get home and see their families in 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. And so that, you know, uh, that road is, is, is to me, you know, the most, you know, for as far as infrastructure, the, the most important item that has taken place in, in Orange County in the last, you know, in the last 30 years. So I'm very proud, not so much of the legislation, but of the positive impact of, of what we got done there. Once again, it shows, um, you know, why elections are important and, and why who gets elected and who doesn't get elected is important. And it is. And, you, you know, you get, you know, there comes a time that you, you have to make a decision. You know, you, you, you can, you, you, you can stand and, and, and do what you think is right and not get anything done. Or you can go ahead and, and forge forward and weigh the benefits compared to the cost. And that's what we did. That's what I did in that particular situation. I weighed the benefits and said, for the next, over the next 30 years, this is going to have a more positive impact on many more families in northwest Orange County. And I believe that that's true. The road is, uh, is you know, under under construction over in Seminole, the last sections, you know, in Lake and Seminole County are, are moving along. If you drive along 46, you'll be amazed at the progress that's being being done finally, you know, well after I ever expected it to be completed. And you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with former state representative, former Orange County Commissioner Fred Brummer, community leader Fred Brummer. Before we go back to Fred, of course, I want to give a shout-out to our friends, Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video. And, of course, as you know, as you've come to know, that's where your memories can last forever. If you have any memories that you have on outdated media, they can, first of all, fix and repair any repairs that need to be done and get them updated to current media that you can use and enjoy and share with your family and friends all over the world. And they'll do it with tender, loving care. That's Network Sound and Video. Of course, they're located at 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. And you can also find them online, of course, at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Or just drop by or, or just give them a call at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555. And if... You call during business hours, a live person will answer your phone call and be happy to help you. 
Well, Fred, it's coming to the end of our program. Now, I want to say a word about, um, you know, of course, Monday is Martin Luther King Day, the day that we honor his legacy in life. And talk about accomplishment. I mean, it's it really, when you stop and think about what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was able to accomplish, it, it's really a phenomenal. In fact, that, you know, in a day when I remember the days um, with us, seg- we're, we're legalized segregation, segregated schools, segregated businesses, um, um, you know, uh, black and white, uh, you know, water fountains. And, um, you know, to think that one man who wasn't elected, he wasn't an elected official, he, he didn't have come from power and, and money, and but just through sheer moral authority the ins- the, to inspire and not only inspired the people to um, to, to, to make to make an impact you know, when, when you know people saw the the kind of you know huge numbers of people that were supporting uh, Reverend King and also he went to jail actually he actually uh, through civil disobedience he uh, suffered um, you know, tremendous uh, liabilities beatings being put in jail to to, to pursue his vision of, of equal rights was just absolutely amazing and I and I and it's great that we'll be I think it's totally appropriate that we'll be uh, paying tribute to him as a nation on Monday. Well, you know, the, the, the message that he brought of nonviolence it is, was so, so well received. You know, no matter how hard things were for people. I think we can appreciate said, it even more, to, even more today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, we, we need him, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to preach violence today. You know, Monday's the parade in the afternoon. Uh, there'll be parades all over, all over the the community over the weekend. Uh, it's just you know a reflection of the work that the man did. Well, it's been great to have you join us, Fred, and thank you for giving us some great insights and some great legislative stories, like like you always do. And thank you for the great work that you did. Thank you very much for the honor to be here, Roger. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Thanks to Jeff, our producer, and friends. We hope you have a great day. This is my turn.